Welcome, and thank you so much for joining us today on this week's episode of the Dreamer's Manual Podcast. Now, I know so many of you are going to benefit from this episode. As business owners, we feel like we should be doing all the things. We should be posting on every platform. We, we should be marketing with every tool at our disposal. And Pinterest is definitely one that's talked about frequently. The business owners I work with who are not already on Pinterest feel like they're missing out and they should be there. But when does this make sense? Is there a return on investment for you to be on this platform? Today, we talk with Chelsea Hall and Chelsea is a Pinterest expert. She's going to share with us when you should hire a Pinterest manager, what the cost is, what statistics you should be tracking, red flags when hiring, any questions you could possibly have related to using Pinterest for your business, we tried to cover today. Now, for those of you that don't already know Chelsea, she is a former first grade teacher turned Pinterest strategist. She helps female entrepreneurs strategically grow their email lists, generate leads, and increase their website traffic all with the power of Pinterest. She offers a bunch of different ways to work with her, including VIP days, strategy calls, done for you monthly management services. And she shares some amazing Pinterest educational content on her Instagram. You could find her at Chelsea Hall Social on Instagram and at her website, chelseahallsocial.com. So without further ado, let's talk to Chelsea. Welcome, Chelsea, to this episode of the Dreamers Manual podcast. I have been so looking forward to this, and I'm so excited you're here. Thank you so much, Julie, for having me. I feel honored to be a part of this podcast. It's really selfish on my part because there are people that I see in the space and that I would love to like sit down and have a coffee chat or conversation. And this just gave me like a good excuse to say, Chelsea, you want to come hang out for an hour? And that's so funny because I've been in your corner being like a silent observer of all of your success. And so when you reached out, I was like, of course, I would love to be on your podcast. So I think we both selfishly were excited about this opportunity. (laughs) It's the best. I would love it if for people who aren't familiar with your work and what you do, I would love it if you would tell us a little bit about your journey into the online space and then what you're doing. Yeah. So I am Chelsea, the owner of Chelsea Hall Social. I'm a Pinterest marketing expert. I have entered or I entered the online space just through learning how to be a freelancer. First and foremost, I guess I should introduce myself as I am a mom to a beautiful, sweet 15 month old. My husband and I live here in Michigan. We also have a three-year-old golden doodle. I love all things outdoors. I love tacos and margaritas. And I am a sucker for warm places. I live in Michigan where it's cold a lot of the year. Probably nothing like what you have, uh, Julie, in Alaska. But I do not enjoy cold weather. I'm a a warm weather kind of gal. But anyhow, so I started my journey as just a general freelancer, just learning about what freelancing was all about. I quickly niched down into social media and I hated it. I thought, well, being a social media manager, how easy could that be? I love posting pictures and 
there's a lot more to it. And there was a lot more that I just didn't want to do. And so I took on a client who I was doing her social media for. And then I started managing her Pinterest account as well. And from there, I kind of just, I'm a former first grade teacher. And so I love to learn and absorb. And I'm just like a lifelong learner, so to speak. And so I just started taking one course after the next and after the next. And now I'm 10 Pinterest courses deep with three memberships that I'm in. Stay on top of Pinterest best practices. I have a pretty hefty client roster and I work with some amazing entrepreneurs, mostly in the teaching space, just being a former teacher. And I actually left the classroom mid school year last year because the pandemic left us with a lot of craziness and it was just wearing on me and it was a lot. And I wanted the flexibility and freedom to raise my daughter how I wanted. So I made a really difficult decision to leave the classroom. And I could not be happier with where I'm at, who I serve, and the opportunities that this online world has provided me and my family. Yeah. You've definitely taken a lot of big, scary action, it sounds like, in the last year. Also, taking those steps to say, this isn't working for me and how can I make it work? You know, both with transitioning into Pinterest, you know, leaving your teaching, which I imagine not just for us, but then for our families too. They've been there while we've gone to college and, you know, made all these decisions to follow this path. And for them too, it has to feel like, I don't know what you're doing online. I would say one question I would like to ask people is what do your families think you do all day? Because so many, my husband, I think still thinks I build websites. (laughs) I don't. Oh my goodness. Too funny. My husband is the most supportive man ever. I bought a course to learn how to be a freelancer. And two days later, as I was like binging everything and anything, he bought me a MacBook, which was a huge investment on top of the course that I already invested in. And it was just proof that he believed in me. He knew like I was going to make this happen. And as far as my family goes, they struggled with it because I don't want to like toot my own horn, but I was a great teacher. I really was like, I was born to be a teacher. I, I was so passionate. I'm still passionate about teaching. And it wasn't that I didn't love my students and I didn't love a lot of it. It was just a lot of, it was getting to be a lot. It was a lot of political things and just unsupportive administration and, and so on. And so, but at the same time, my family just was like, you, since you were six years old, you were playing school. You said you were going to be a teacher. I, you know, I pursued not only my undergrad, but right after getting out of college, I pursued my master's. So I got my master's degree. And so I did everything and anything to be in the education space. And when I became a teacher, that was what I was going to do for the rest of my life. And then all of a sudden to not be doing that, my, my family was like, are you sure? Because this, this online space is something that people aren't familiar with and whatnot. But now that they see, I think the income that I'm getting, like, and and that I've replaced my my teaching income and everything, I think that's helped them. But it's a little sad that it had to take to get to the replacing the income for them to like fully see it. Because the reason behind me doing this was mostly to get out of a situation where I just wasn't as happy and, and to be able to have that freedom to be with my daughter. So yeah, it's been, it's been tricky to navigate. 
But with that being said, both of my parents are entrepreneurs. My sister started a, a business as well. And so I was supportive as I'll get up for them, but it, their entrepreneurial opportunities or what they did are different than this online space that people just don't get. And I, and I respect that. So I wonder if you were giving someone advice and telling them how you really listened to your own inner guidance and followed what you felt was the right next steps and what would make you happy. And you were able to, if not tune out, like maybe tune down those other things that I should be doing this, or they think I shouldn't, you know, make this decision. How were you able to really follow your inner guidance and, and pursue what your dreams were? Yeah. I mean, definitely a lot of this is, is mindset. There's so many aspects of mindset that goes into all of this, but I think for me, I was very lucky to surround myself with other starting out, so to speak, entrepreneurs that were on a very similar path as I was and to be within communities in this online space that get it and that were on similar paths was very helpful. And I did and do still have self doubts about it because teaching is something that like it's, it is secure, so to speak. And I'm doing air quotes over here. But the opportunities that I have far outweigh the security. And I think, you know, in some ways, this is almost more secure because you lose a client and you you can gain another one. So I think it's just been living through it and just continuing to go after it and keep doing it. And I think the more like I was getting testimonials that I was doing a good job and getting that social proof and and just like one client after the next, it was like, okay, I can do this. And then I can do this. So it was like a lot of just self-talk and like having that community surrounding me was, was super important. Definitely. Tell me if this is wrong, but as you have grown your business and learned more about this space, I think that if you desire it, there will be that full circle moment that comes back where you will be able to take your knowledge and teach, whether you're teaching, you know, clients through a membership or you have a course or you teach your team. Like there's always that opportunity. We have someone on a team I work with who is in a tech position and she's been able to now kind of bring that full circle. And she teaches our clients and our community more about, you know, what we've created for them. And so those skills definitely come into play no matter where you're at and depending on where you, you want to end up, like that could be some really cool opportunities there for you to use that teaching experience. Yeah, definitely. And like, even just some of my offerings I have, it, it allows me to be in the role of a teacher. And I, that's some of my favorite parts of, of what I do because I do miss the teaching aspect. And so I do foresee pursuing more and more of those types of opportunities in the future as my business grows, because although I walked away from the classroom, I don't think I'm ready to walk away from the role of being that teacher. For sure. Once I can really relate to a lot of what you said, but definitely the light being a lifelong learner is something that I always used to say, if people could pay me just to learn all day, that would be my dream job. And really because the online space grows, evolves, things change so fast. I am in that position where it's not like I can just learn everything and then just sort of coast. There's always new and exciting, interesting things to learn, whether it's technology or changes to policies and social media or Pinterest. You can never be bored with this space. No, not one bit, not one bit. There was a huge learning curve for me. I mean, 
you know, it was, it was getting to be the point where it was like, okay, I'm, I'm really great at this. And I come in and I know what I'm doing. And it's just, and, that, and yes, every day was new. And, you know, one day you had a kiddo maybe throwing up on your shoes or something. And the next day you have a kid chewing on pencils, but like, it was, it was pretty, <laughs> I'm making Julie laugh. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it was, it was pretty consistent just with other things of, you know, I, I was, I wasn't getting bored. It was always something new, but it, it was a lot of the same repetitive things. And so it is pretty exciting in the online space to be able to, yeah, continue to learn and continue to push yourself. And that's why like memberships are so important because they allow you to keep up on those best practices and all of that good stuff. Definitely. I, I wasn't expecting, (laughs) got so many visuals of just even my own kids in school and what the teachers, the stories that they have every day. And I just couldn't. (laughs) I know it's a lot. (laughs) I do think picking the right course too, because certainly in the beginning I took a Pinterest course and I really, I love the course so much and it, they still give me updates when the, they meet with Pinterest twice a year. And then they bring those updates back to an email. And so for me, working in, with online business owners, when I hire someone for them to help with Pinterest, it's important that I know a how to build the systems, um, sort of the framework for what we're looking for, and then also to have a conversation with people to make sure that they know what the current best practices are, or you know have that conversation about strategy and me not being totally in the dark. So finding those investments, even though I don't have a Pinterest business or some of the other courses, they've still been really great investments and have continued to pay off, you know, years after I purchased them. Yeah, for sure. I would love to talk about more about your clients and maybe your recommendations in general for why people should hire someone for their Pinterest. I think some people really no, and maybe in the teachers pay teachers space, they have a great understanding of what Pinterest can do for their business. But I would say across the board, people don't understand what Pinterest can really do and the effect it can have on your business. And certainly in my space, online business manager space, I was told early on not to be on Pinterest. It was a waste of time. I wasn't going to get clients from there. And Pinterest is still for me, one of the biggest refers of traffic to my website. And I still get calls, discovery calls from people for all different types of offers from the time and effort that I've spent building my Pinterest account. So can you speak to why people, can you tell us more about why you would recommend people consider Pinterest for their marketing? Yeah, no, that's a great question. I I definitely think Pinterest continues to fly kind of under the radar and you know, people look to monetize on Instagram or, you know, even YouTube. And Pinterest is the third largest search engine under Google and and YouTube. And the, the best part about Pinterest is that although it is a slow burn, it is a platform that keeps on giving and you reap the benefits for years to come. Whereas on Instagram, a lot of the efforts that you're doing on a daily basis, it's got a 24, 48 hour shelf life, and then it's done. And so all of that time that you're doing making reels or, you know, making these static posts, you know, you put, you put in all this time and then 24, 48 hours later, it's kind of like that. What was that for? And what I find very interesting is when I connect with a lot of business owners, 
one of the first questions or topics we go over is what are your numbers? What are your numbers for just, just across the board? What do your marketing efforts look like? And it's interesting when they share kind of what their outbound clicks are from Instagram. And, you know, some of these businesses, it's very intriguing to me that some of these businesses that have hundreds of thousands of followers might be only getting 500 to a thousand clicks to their website from Instagram. Whereas on Pinterest, we are getting thousands to tens of thousands. Like, uh, you know, some of my clients are now getting like 50,000 sessions a month to their website. Now, these are people that have been on Pinterest for a long time. So I don't want your listeners to be like, whoa, I'm really struggling. I mean, but even think about the fact that on Pinterest, if you're getting, you know, 500 outbound clicks to your site, that's 500 opportunities for somebody to get into your world, to be able to then nurture them, get them on your email list. And then that's where the magic happens is within within your emails. And so Pinterest, I think one of the, the biggest selling points for a lot of businesses is the ability to grow your email list. You can create pins that link directly to lead magnets where you capture the email or leading to your blog post to where they're reading that blog post and they they start to know, like, and trust you. And then they're more willing to give you their email. And right there, you've just nurtured them. Now they're a part of your customer journey and, and the magic continues to happen. I think for a lot of people, Pinterest is scary. It's It's definitely a platform that is not as easy, so to speak, as Instagram. And and like I said, I got into when I started social media, because I was like, that's easy. Like that's something I can do. I can post pictures. Whereas Pinterest was more, there's more strategy behind it. And there definitely is. However, with anything, there's a learning curve. There there is. And once you learn it, although there's new and upcoming things all, all the time, the foundations are the same. So once you learn those foundational skills, it's really not as scary as you as you would think. And, you know, there's always going to be new things. Instagram came out with Reels a year ago, and we all huffed and puffed, but we adapted and we're, we're all doing them. And now Pinterest has come out with idea pins, and a lot of people are huffing and puffing, but they're starting to do them, and they're going to reap the benefits. So Pinterest, I, I 100% confidently can say, will far outweigh a lot of the traffic you're getting from other marketing efforts if you put in that that time and effort and and like i said knowing that it is a slow burn that will benefit you in years to come and and the other thing is it's it's not just for bloggers or for the wedding industry or what we all think you know it's really becoming a space for everybody and yes there are top niches that do perform the best sure food bloggers are going to continue to be one of the ones that do the do the best or you know the education niche does does do pretty well but you know, a lot of industries such as website designers, OBMs, and, you know, email marketers, content strategists, they're starting to utilize Pinterest. And they too are realizing, wow, I'm spending all this time on Instagram and I'm getting maybe one, two calls every other, every three months. But on Pinterest, I'm getting hundreds of clicks 
to my website, which is then turning into leads right there. So that was a really, really long answer to your question. <laughs> it was I perfect because I, I, I was going to ask the follow-up of, do you think that Pinterest is not right for any business owners? And I feel like you answer that by saying you might have to think differently about your strategy, but there's an opportunity for everybody on the platform. And then a lot of times I know for myself, whenever I've hired for clients, I tell them you're not going to see the metrics or things bump for three to six months. Yep. Because it's the shelf life of a pin is so much longer. And most people are used to, like you said, when you post on social media and then it's gone and those posts aren't going to gain traffic typically after that like magic window. So helping people understand. And then also from my point of view, making sure that people are educated about tracking the right numbers, right? Because there's definitely vanity metrics on all platforms, Pinterest included, because you could see, you know, somebody's account and it could have like a million total impressions a month. And that's such a fun number. It's cool, but it's not the number that's most important. So if somebody is thinking about hiring someone for Pinterest, hopefully if they are, then that person is going to come to them with those metrics. But what metrics would you say that they should be looking at and advise them to really pay close attention to? Yeah. The number one metric that you want to be aware of is, are those outbound clicks? Because that, that means that somebody saw your pin in the feed, they clicked on it, and then they clicked on it again to actually go into your world. Okay. And so that is your Pinterest manager's number one goal is to, to get you those outbound clicks. Now your responsibility takes place after that. So my job isn't to convert those clicks. My job is to get those clicks for you. So when I take on a new client, one of the things we go through is what does your funnel look like? Do you have a funnel that converts right now? Do you, do you have a proven funnel, you know? And a lot of business owners, they, they don't know the answer to that. Or I'll ask, what is an email worth to you? Or what is your conversion rate? And they, they don't know. And I think a lot of people don't know their numbers in their business. So this goes beyond Pinterest. This is more so like making sure that you have a proven funnel before you even, even start marketing your, your business. So outbound clicks is definitely number one. I also like to look at saves. It kind of just helps to show the health of your account. It shows, you know, are pins resonating with people? Are people wanting to go back and, and click on those? Because if nobody's saving them, that means like, eh, probably the graphic is just, just not working for you. I do, although uh, impressions are a vanity metric, I do look at impressions because it helps me to know if I have used the correct keywords, because if a pin isn't even ranking in search, that means that I have not done a good job doing the keyword research to make sure that your pin is showing up because high impressions mean that I did the right keywords, but if nobody's clicking through, then your images aren't very good. So. It's important to, it's it's really a holistic approach when you're looking at, at your numbers, but definitely those outbound clicks, saves, impressions, but you making sure you're using the impressions, not just as like, here's the impressions, it's using those impressions and then analyzing those impressions. I also like to look at Google Analytics because Google Analytics tells us a little bit more details about what's going on in your account. I like to look at um, the sessions coming from Pinterest using Google Analytics. I like to look at just page views, bounce rate. So I like to just do like a 
pretty deep analysis on what's going on monthly. What I will say on Pinterest is I know a lot of people on Instagram, they like to look at it like daily, weekly. I mean, you post something and you're, you're instantly like, oh yes, I got 35 clicks. And, and usually after that day, that's what it's going to stay at. You might grow one or two, but like, that's what it's going to be. Whereas on Pinterest, it's not something where you post a pin and you look the next day. You want to post that pin and, and come back to it month, three, five months from now to really see when it's been indexed by Pinterest and then taken off. So, you know, hiring a Pinterest manager, just making sure that they know these analytics, that these are some of the analytics that they should be looking for and that they are sharing this data with you monthly. And it sounds like you would recommend that people consider hiring someone for Pinterest at a point in their business where they might already have an opt-in that is bringing in traffic to their site. They have some sort of funnel and offer and some maybe some emails that go out after someone signs up for something like that. Is that an accurate representation of when you say that people should come in and hi- and think about finding somebody for to help with Pinterest? Yeah, you definitely want to have a few things in line. I think something else that you want to make sure you kind of have set up is is your email marketing because, you know, if you're leading people to a lead magnet and then they're clicking on it and then you're not following up with any sort of a welcome sequence, then you've what's the point, I guess, so to speak. But I think also if you're a service provider and you only have capacity, maybe you're stay at home mom for the most part, but you have, you know, a side business, which is totally fine. But if you only have the capacity for three or four clients, you know, spending X amount of hours monthly on your Pinterest marketing might not serve you very well if you can only max out at a certain client clientele, because then you're bringing people into your world and you can't do anything with them because, you know, you've got your lead generation is very high and you can't bring them on. So, you know, having additional offers and, even if you're a service provider and you you max out on retainers, but you have, you know, strategy calls or VIP days or intensives where you can you can funnel them in that way, then I think that's a great, great opportunity as well. Absolutely. Such good ideas. And when somebody hires you, do you help them once you look at their funnels? Because obviously you'll probably touch on every single thing, right? But where do you come in with strategy? When it comes to let's focus on your freebies first, or let's focus on your funnels first. And what role do you play in making those recommendations to your clients? Yeah. So I, I'm pretty, I don't want to say like all hands in, but like, I I like to get into your business. I like to really understand every aspect of what's going on and all definitely your, your main funnel. You know, you know, you some people hire Pinterest managers, and for me, I'm all hands in, but you don't have to have that. You can have more of a Pinterest VA where you're just giving them, I want either pin graphics or I need descriptions, or or you can hire somebody that's more of a strategist that kind of does it all. It does the strategy, looks at your funnels, looks at you know, opportunities to optimize your website for Pinterest, those types of things. So it's, it depends on what you're looking for. It's not like you have to hire like this type of a person. You could go where you, you get somebody that just does more of like the basics for you because it's more of a time thing rather than you like, you might've taken a Pinterest course. You've got the strategy. You understand that, but you just need the hands or maybe you're just like, I don't have time to take this course. I don't have time to do anything. I need to be completely hands off and I need strategy and all of that. So you just hand it off to somebody that more, that more so does, does it that way, I guess. 
Yeah, that's really good advice because I think if you you have to have some knowledge, right? You have to know what metrics you're looking at, what you want to promote, and then you can hand those tasks off. And so whether, like you said, if you already have a VA in your team and you find a really great course and you can ask them to go through that course and implement that for you, that's a really mm-hmm. good idea. Yeah. And you know, there are people at a different level or just that they might not even have a VA to hand that off to on their team. So then they could think about just hiring and then it's done. They know somebody's covering the strategy. They they're keeping up with best practices and all those things. Yeah, definitely. And you know, one of the first things I ask is like, what is your goal? Because I want to know what their goals are. I think a goal that I hear all too often though, is I want to make sales from Pinterest and don't we all like, yes, that's (laughs) the goal of everything, but like, there's so much more that goes into it. Getting those sales, you've got to be willing to commit to creating content that will serve your audience, that will help to funnel your, your people in. Because if you're just thinking that you're going to go on there and put your course up there or put your freebies, like that's not going to work. You need to have a, like I said, a holistic approach where you're creating blogs, you're creating consistent content podcasts, uh, YouTube videos, what have you, but you can't just go on there thinking like, Oh, I've got Instagram. I'm just going to repurpose those. Well, yes, you can repurpose it. There's, there's a lot more that goes into your Pinterest strategy than, than that. For sure. And I think people sometimes overlook podcasts. They might have a really regular podcast and they're not putting those episodes on Pinterest. You will see my episodes on Pinterest. Yay. But it's so easy. You can just transcribe them, use your show notes as many like blog posts. Even there's so many opportunities to repurpose your, your podcast. And especially like now you can repurpose your podcast into idea pins and there's so much you could do with them. It's so the possibilities are endless for sure. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So when you, in this space, you see people hiring, do you have an idea of what the range is for if somebody's looking for this and they want to budget it in and say yeah. next quarter, I feel like this is really where I'd like to invest uh, time and energy or money and hiring the right person. Where do you see the starting at ranges fall for this type of service? Yeah. I mean, it, like I said, it, it depends. Like somebody could create just pin templates for you and that might be like 50 to a hundred. Somebody might just take on your pin descriptions and your, your graphics. So there is a big range. I mean, it's going to be anywhere from like 200 to a thousand dollars, depending on if you want to be all in hands off, if you want to have your foot in the door, if you want to hire more of like a Pinterest VA that has like a general understanding, but they're not so much as an expert. If you want somebody to do the strategy for you, maybe you, you want to be the one that does the idea pins, but your manager does the rest of your strategy. So for me, at least I make customized packages for clients based on their needs. And most managers, you know, in this industry do the same. So, I mean, anywhere from like two to a, to a thousand dollars. And then once you start getting into promoted pins, if you want to do paid advertising, you're looking at doubling that or, or even more as, I mean, since that's more of a premium offer, but I mean, you can, you can find someone that's great for a lower, lower price that maybe is just starting out and that's going to like grow with your company, or you can find somebody that's been in this for a while, but somebody that's been in it for a while doesn't always mean they're better because they might've gotten comfortable with their ways and they're not the ones keeping up on their best practices kind of happens in the world of teaching where teachers just get comfortable and they, they may have been teaching for 30 years, but they are doing the same things that they were doing 20 years ago. So 
Yeah. So would you recommend if somebody was interviewing someone for Pinterest, how would they ask the question? Like, what are your, what are your thoughts about Pinterest's most recent updates to best practices? Or how do you stay on top of what is happening with the changes and shifts in Pinterest? Is that something that you would ask or is there anything else? Yeah, I would, I would ask like whoever you're, you're getting on a call with asking them what metrics they measure monthly, asking them, yeah, how they stay on top of Pinterest best practices, kind of, you know, nobody on a discovery call is going to tell you their strategy, but you could ask, you know, I, I take two thoughts on this asking for most managers aren't going to tell you client accounts for confidentiality reasons, but I am more than happy anytime to, to share pin descriptions, keywords, pin graphics, just so they can see how I design pins, what my keyword strategy looks like. So if you're feeling uneasy and you just want to see, you know, some of their work, you could, you could ask them or, you know, even asking, could you do a mock-up pin for my business and doing some, something like that, but it's hard to ask them for client accounts. Yes, absolutely. That's definitely important. And just protecting their time too, right? Because everybody's so busy. I wonder if you would speak, just touch on briefly promoted pins, because I think there's probably people that don't know, or that maybe we see it on Pinterest, but we're not fully realizing that that could be a strategy you could use. And so what you see with people using promoted pins, like maybe who that would most benefit right now. And then I don't know if you have an understanding of this, right? Because you're not doing Facebook ads, but I think if you're in the online space, you've seen definitely those type of ads have had a tumultuous six plus months with all the changes to Facebook and how the ads are are run and how the audiences are looking now. So have you seen any difference in the type of return on investment people are getting with promoted pins now compared to what they might have previously invested in Facebook ads? And when do you recommend that people think about promoted pins? Yeah. So promoted pins are definitely, I mean, they're for any business, just like we've, we've kind of come to the conclusion that Pinterest is for, for any business. Yes. There have been a ton of changes with the iOS updates. And what's nice about Pinterest is they haven't really been affected by it because they've kind of prepared themselves for these updates. And what's really nice is like how their campaigns are set up is very different than Facebook because Facebook, you're setting up your audiences based on like like website visits and things like that. And although Pinterest has that, Pinterest has a lot of in-house type targeting, like targeting interest, targeting certain demographics, targeting keywords. So because that's more in-house, it's not as affected by these updates as the, everybody else is experiencing through Facebook ads. Now, the thing that I will say is that Pinterest ads do take much longer than Facebook ads. So just like organic strategy can take a little bit longer. But once you really get a grasp on what keywords to use and what targeting is working for you, then you can kind of use similar ad groups in in the future. And, you know, Pinterest, I still fully believe are more or less expensive than Facebook ads. You don't have to put as much money behind them because they are, I would say, not newer, but they're still uncharted territory, just like organic strategies, still like uncharted compared to Instagram and Facebook. But also know that you, your first month of running ads, you're going to feel like you're, you're putting in a lot of money and maybe not seeing the ROI. But after like those 30 days, things will really start to take off. 
but I, I know like a lot of clients are so used to you put up an ad and you're making money. Whereas on Pinterest, it's more like, okay, seven, 14, 21 days before you're like, oh, this is working. So it's a lot more of being patient on Pinterest with ads. And understanding that you have to look at them differently, it sounds like. So typically somebody will come in perhaps before a launch or, you know, they'll promote a challenge or something and they might come in five to seven days before that thing happens to promote. But if you're going to use Pinterest to do the same thing, you have to have a much longer strategy and a a different vision for that. Yeah. Yeah. And And it might be even different. Like, you know, a lot of people on Facebook, especially will do something more time sensitive. And while you can do time sensitive on Pinterest, I think Pinterest serves you a lot better of growing your email list. So then you can retarget those people later on. Whereas like with Facebook, it's more of like, oh, I'm running a ad for this five day sale. Whereas on Pinterest, it's not as easy to do that. Definitely. I would be remiss in not asking because I think they're always going to be a part of the podcast audience is going to say, wow, I didn't know Pinterest is so amazing. Or that sounds so much like me and my journey and what I would really love to dig into and how I would love to help. If somebody reached out to you and said, how can I get started in building the type of business that you have? What would you recommend? Like, how would you recommend they start doing that? Yeah, I think taking some sort of a course that helps you to learn the basics of running a business is really vital. I think there's a lot of foundational skills that I know I learned in the freelancing course that I took that if I had just dove right into Pinterest, I don't think I would be successful because there's a lot that goes into, you know, it's very general of like, you know, setting up an LLC, how to find clients, those types of things. So I think I'm investing first in you know, just a general VA type course. And then from there, investing in in Pinterest courses or Pinterest coaching with an expert that does stay up on Pinterest best practices. I know I've invested in a lot of crummy Pinterest courses. There's a lot of garbage out there, but that was in the beginning stages of my business where I didn't really understand like, you know, who was who was who. And now I've slowly learned like, who are the gurus, who are the go-to people. But yeah, I think laying those foundations um, at first of just those business foundations. And then from there taking some Pinterest courses. I love it. And I think sometimes people will say, yeah, but you can learn that on a blog or on YouTube and you can kind of piece these things together. And I think you have to really consider your time and how valuable your time is. And if you can go to one place and gather all the relevant information in a way that is structured, so you can go through it step-by-step the amount of time and energy that's going to save and just help you get traction so much sooner. It's definitely worth it in my opinion too. Yeah. I mean, even from firsthand experience, I was only a few months into my business and I knew I needed a stronger CRM. I was using like Anco and Calendly and like all the, like I was piecemealing how to do everything. And I was like, okay, I I need to invest in Dubsado, but you know, it was such a learning curve. And looking back, I spent probably three weeks, three hours a night. I'm not even kidding, learning the system and the program and how to get all my proposals, everything set up in it. Looking back, I would have paid to just have it done. But at the time I didn't, I didn't see 
the value of investing of myself in myself quite yet. Even though I was investing in Pinterest courses and a few other things, like something like that, I look back on and I'm like, oh, I what was I thinking? You know, so definitely simple things like that. And if you want to share, we can always reach out to you and have you share maybe some of your favorite Pinterest courses in the show notes below. So that way, anything that you would like to share, we'll include those in the show notes so people can have and be able to, if they do want to go sort of the more DIY route, or they already have someone on their team that they'd like to put through a course, then they don't have to worry about shuffling through and maybe ending up with one of those courses. That's kind of a dud. Yeah, definitely. I'd be happy to to share some of those. I offer some of those offerings as well, and I can share some of those for, to add to the show notes. Absolutely. There's, there's a lot of really great resources out there, but like I mentioned, there's a lot of not so great out there as well. Please. And I know that you are sharing something with our audience. And so that's also in the show notes. Can you tell us about um, what that is? Yeah. So it's a beginner's guide to getting started on Pinterest. It's kind of setting up your business Pinterest account in seven easy steps. And so a lot of people, they think that they have their Pinterest account set up and everything, but they don't realize that it's a personal account and you're actually under Pinterest terms and services. Like you can't operate under a personal account. So you want to make sure you have the business account set up. Plus it will allow you to run ads. It will give you access to those analytics we talked about in this episode. And so it just kind of walks you through how to set that up, how to claim your website, how to start doing keyword research and all of that good stuff. So that way, like, like I mentioned, having those foundations, those foundations aren't going to change. And if people want to check out more about you, your services and all the amazing things that you offer, where would they find you? Yeah. So you can connect with me over on Instagram at Chelsea Hall Social. I'm very active. I, I love to chat in the DMs. I, I often I am doing IG lives. I do some fun reels, um, educational reels and some educational posts. Connecting with me on Instagram is probably one of the best ways or heading to my website at chelseahallsocial.com. I do have a variety of blog posts that kind of dive a little bit deeper in some of the topics that we covered today. If you're looking to DIY your Pinterest to start, you know, it gives you some of those, those key basics that you can look into. I love it so much. And I have to say, I am obsessed with your Instagram account. I learn stuff for every week coming to your account and your educational posts that the reels especially are so fun because I'm like, Oh, I just watched something. I was entertained and I just really learned something that I'm going to take back to my business. You're so sweet. Thank you. I love it. Is there anything else that you'd like to share about people who are looking to hire for Pinterest or leave them with some final words about what Pinterest can do for their business? Yeah. You know, I just want to say that I think there's a lot of talk surrounding Pinterest right now about how it's not working anymore, or there's just like a lot of drama surrounding it. And I think what we have to be, you know, mindful of is that Pinterest has changed, but all of these platforms have changed. And you you know what, as as this online space becomes more competitive, things are not going to be as easy. You know, if you started on Pinterest 10 years ago, and you were getting hundreds of thousands of sessions from Pinterest, you put up a recipe, and then it took off. You know, you're never going to see those numbers again. But those the numbers on Pinterest are always going to far outweigh the numbers on Instagram or, or some of these other marketing efforts. I, I truly believe that. And I stand behind it just because I'm in so many client accounts and I, I see that on a daily basis. So not listening to the noise and, and really just diving in, giving it a try, but really 
Also know that when you're going at it, that you have strong content to support your efforts and that you're willing to go in it for the long haul because it does take time and it's, and it is something that is a slow burn, but you will see those benefits in time and you will be so grateful that you finally, you know, took advantage of the amazing platform that it is. So well said. And I am just delighted that I got to spend this hour with you. And this episode is so jam-packed. Like there's so much gold in here for people that are considering this or that might not have even ever considered it and stumbled upon this episode and thought, wow, this is what's missing. Or maybe I should take some of what I've been allocating towards social media and really just start, get my foot in the door with Pinterest and start building that, that foundation. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I thank you and cannot wait for this episode to go live and share it. Just popping in with a quick reminder before you go, if you're looking to make your first or your next hire in your business, I think you'll love my free daydream to dream team starter kit. You can find it at julietraining.com backslash starter kit. Thanks so much for listening and we'll see you on the next episode.